Right, so if we can have the first screen up, please. Um, we're doing a series at the moment called The Bible And, and tonight we're looking at the Bible and emotion. And uh, I hope this is a talk that's rooted in scripture and isn't just a bit on pop psychology and that it really does inform us what the Bible teaches and helps us to be rounded and healthy uh, people as God created us to be. And the first slide I wanted up there uh, indicated something I think that's really important. Christians believe that to be human, we are created in the image of God to be male and female. And one of the really important things about that is, is that whatever our culture, whatever our individual experience, men and women have exactly the same emotions. They don't express them the same way. They don't deal with them in the same way. But male and female have the same emotions. And there's something wrong if we don't. So without sort of trying to put us into some kind of stereotypical male-female divide, that's sort of the first thing that I wanted to say. So whoever you are, as long as you're male and female, you have emotions and you share the same emotions, though you may deal with them as an individual and depending on your culture, very differently. And uh, as we'll see from the scripture uh, shortly, human beings are a unity. We are meant to cohere and be one whole being, made up of body, mind and spirit, which is a biblical phrase. And our well-being depends on all three of those operating. There is a wisdom in our bodies the Christian tradition, not in the Hebrew tradition, but in its Greek counterpart, had a problem with the body. And Christians ever since have tended to worry sometimes about the body and get apprehensive about it, even nakedness. The body is God-given. It's to be honest. It's to be honoured. And there is a wisdom in the body. So that's why we say we need to listen to our bodies. Our bodies are often telling us things that we choose to ignore. Our mind is really complex and perhaps the really difficult thing to get hold of. But our mind is extremely important. And it is not simply for what we know intellectually, but how we operate and how our thought patterns are developed. I was really privileged to belong to a church as a teenager with a guy called Dr. David Enoch. And David was a Christian psychiatrist. And he said, Christians, if you fall over and have a gammy leg, they'll come round with a bunch of flowers and look after you. But if you have problems with your mind, almost especially if you're a Christian, I'm a bit bothered, we've got a doctor in tonight, uh, um, uh, you know, they won't be too sure what to make of it. Our minds are so incredibly important, body, mind, and our spirit and again, some people almost think that being a Christian involves having a relationship with your spirit and God's spirit and stuff the rest. But in the unity of what it is to be a human being, all of those things belong together. I think that's what scripture teaches as well. So in the bit that went on to be the parable of the Good Samaritan, this is what we get. And I'll read from the message version. Just then, a religion scholar stood up with a question to test Jesus. Teacher, what do I need to do to get eternal life? He answered, what's written in God's law? How do you interpret it? He said that you love the Lord your God 
with all your passion and prayer, all your muscle and your intelligence, and that you love your neighbor as well as you do yourself. Good answer, said Jesus. Do it and you live. I love those phrases. Passion and prayer, your soul, your muscle, your body, and your intelligence, your mind, much more even than intelligence. And the other thing that I think is really very important as we're going to talk about emotion is that we see ourselves as people who are never complete on our own, that we are designed for relationship. And I function best, because I'm reasonably normal, in relationship to other people. You function best when you've got healthy relationships with other people. And when those relationships are disjointed, an unhealth creeps into us. So you can see how broken relationships create bitterness, which damages in the end the whole person. We are people in community. And that's why the church is God's idea. It's not a human institution in the sense that God designed us to live as an entire human being in community with others. And dare I say it, if you've got a very Protestant background, then your background will teach you that there's you and there's God. And as long as the two of you are all right, you're fine. Catholics have a much richer view of the church, by which I mean they understand that we can only live a healthy Christian life alongside and with others. That's just a wisdom that we need to get our head around as we discover what it is to be a human being always healthy in relation to others. So we're going to be looking at the Bible and emotion, and I'm going to take you through some particular scriptures very, very briefly, uh, and they're from the Psalms, but more of that anon. But the Bible is full of emotion. It's full of rage and love. It's full of laughter and sorrow. It's full of every possible range of emotions that you can ever experience. And to be a healthy human being, we need to take the whole range of emotion seriously. So how are your emotions? Are you healthy in body, mind and spirit? I've had seasons of life where I've been fit in my body, but broken in my soul. I've been good in my soul, my emotions, but damaged in my spirit. And the thing is that we want to be, and God wants us to be, as healthy as an entire being as we can possibly be. The other thing I want to say tonight is that um, for all of us, our emotions can be damaged and abused. Now, why have I wanted to put that one in? I've wanted to put it in because all of us will have in some way, in our nurture and growing up, have been damaged in our emotions. It may have stunted our response to God and to other human beings. Some of us may have experienced what we now describe as emotional abuse. And it can be unhealthy relationships and I'm sad to say that emotional abuse can happen in churches and does. 
So it's really important that we honour our emotions, realise that we've all had our emotions develop in different ways, but that some of us will have been experiencing damaged emotions and indeed abuse. But assuming that we're, should we say, relatively okay, let's just look then at some of the scriptures. I'm going to look at some passages. We're not going to go into detail in these, but I'm going to take you through 12 passages in rapid form just to show you some of the range of experiences that we can have. And the first one is joy, a time to dance. Learn to embrace joy. Rejoice in the past, the present, and the future. And Psalm 33 deals with that. We think joy is dependent upon our circumstances. The Psalms help us realize, and I can think of someone who was hilariously joyful, not just humorous, but had a deep joy. And they lived with deep sorrow and pain. Some of us have experienced some kind of abandonment. It can be adoption, but abandonment doesn't mean that you've left uh, your natural home. We can feel simply alone. We can be in a crowd and feel alone, and we can feel forsaken. And in Psalm 22, that one that Jesus cried out from the cross, here is God's Son doing what he believed the Father asked, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you ever said that prayer to God? It's a healthy prayer. Jesus prayed it. We've all experienced fear. Uh, we went uh, pony trekking uh, this last week, and uh, there was a little tiny twinge of fear on my body. I love horse riding, but two years ago I had a fall uh, the day before we should have gone horse riding. So getting back on a horse was a tiny little bit of fear. But fear, when you're scared senseless, the Bible is full of fear. And some of us are so dominated by our fears that it holds us back from what could be good for us. But whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, we've all had to deal with fear. That's a powerful emotion. Gratitude, more than just an attitude, it's about thanksgiving, a spirit of thanksgiving. Have you, have you got a friend who, um, whenever you're with them, they say, it is a beautiful day, but that lack of engagement and thankfulness, and some of us are just a bit trapped in that. Gratitude and thanksgiving, anger. Because Christians believe in the priority of love, we're often rubbish with anger. Jesus experienced anger. You can wrap it up how you like. Jesus got angry. And if you're emotionally healthy, you will have anger and you will deal with it in a constructive way. And sometimes, as it was put to somebody who spoke to me recently, when you've got anger, as a Christian, you can feel you've got to get rid of it so quick that you don't face the anger. You've got to feel the anger. Contentment, when your soul is at rest. How many of us struggle to live with the circumstances we're in rather than the ones that we want? Depression. Remember David Enoch? I'm so grateful that that man taught me early on in my Christian life. Uh, that uh, people, good Christian folk, can experience depression, some deeply. 
deeply depressed with psychotic illness. There was a lady called Frida in my first parish who was a schizophrenic. And Frida said, I am a schizophrenic and some days I'm a complete and total mess. But she said, if it wasn't for Christ in my life, I'd be an even bigger total mess than I am at present. The church should be a place where those who wrestle with depression should genuinely uh, know care and love. And I don't know if you've ever read Psalm 88. It's the most depressing psalm in the entire scriptures. It's a psalm that is unremittingly miserable. But actually, there is a place for just saying, I am in a real place of pain. I can't see my way through it. I'm looking to God to help me, but I know what this is. And then there's disappointment when your dreams die. I was nearly, folks, the Archbishop of Canterbury, but I didn't quite make it. And I'm so thankful. I'm joking, of course. But we've all had disappointment, and the Psalms speak for that. And they also deal with the uncertainty when you're not sure of your next move. Many of us here have had to wrestle with that. And it creates an emotional response. This is not about the outward circumstance, but the inward stuff. Restlessness. When you haven't found what you're looking for. Outrage. Uh, Mark prayed just before uh, for those who might just have that sense of an injustice, either to them or to others. And finally, praise. Find joy in the seasons of the soul. Learn how to worship God with abandon. So let me just talk around some of those things very briefly. I've just given you the tiny whistle-stop tour of a few emotions. I've sought to honour emotion in this sermon and say that as Christians, we need really to be as healthy in our emotions as we can be. That begins to touch our entire Christian experience. It begins to probably influence the sorts of churches we go to. Some of us are far more comfortable in our minds, so we like churches that are hot on teaching and which exercise the mind. Some of us would run a mile where worship is more expressive, and here we're so middle of the road you can go either way. But you get the drift. You know, we don't get too carried away here, do we? And yet some of us would long to be more emotionally expressive in our worship. And some would be horrified. And instead of saying, that's brilliant and that's rubbish, let's acknowledge that we're different. But let's not be fearful if someone to express themselves in worship in ways that are different for us. So you begin to see there how emotion is part of the whole package of what it is to be a human being. So as I summarise, I just want to say this. If I've read scripture correctly, emotions are a vital part of what it is to be a human being created in the image of God who loves Jesus Christ. Perhaps we live in a world where emotions for some become dominant in how they decide and live. And I've just put that cautionary note at the end there. And the cautionary note simply says emotions are vital and some of us need to attend to them more, but they're not the entire deal. It's important to be a human being made in the image of God, body, mind and spirit. I'm going to pray for us all and then hand back to Sue.
Father God, we thank you that in the words of the psalm we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're deeply complicated. We sometimes trivialize just how complex we are, how complex our makeup is, and how complex life can be. And in that great mix, we thank you that you've made us capable, not simply of being thinking human beings, but emotional ones. Lord, help us to make friends with our emotions, all of them. Help us to bring to you those that are damaged or abused. Help us, I pray, to be people who love you with all our heart, our soul, and our minds. And as we do so, living God, will you make us the richer, the fuller, and the greater blessing to your world. For Jesus' sake. Amen.